you all could just do me the favor, just in an attitude of worship, and just one corporate body, just, just close your eyes right now. All across this room, eyes closed, eyes closed. And just with our hearts, as the music just keeps on playing, let's just tell Jesus, Jesus, you're the reason why I'm here this morning. You're the reason why I'm here this very moment, being alive. God, I just worship you. Come on, you just got to tell him with your heart. God, I worship you. It doesn't matter what happened before. It doesn't matter what happened because, God, right now, I come here to worship you. And I ask that your spirit would come upon me. Whenever we sing in this place, let that be the mindset. Just invite the spirit. We invite him this morning. The song says, let creation sing. We want that to be our heart this morning. We sing to you, Lord. Forever it's all about you. Forever. Oh. We'll sing forever. 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 I'll sing. Forever. Forever. I'll sing. Forever. Forever. I'll sing. Forever. Shout of love, we will give to you all the highest praise. All the highest praise. And all the highest praise. One more time, lift your voice. All the highest praise. Come on, give my hand clap of victory in this place. Oh, Jesus, we love you. God, we love you. Just deciding your heart right now before we sing this next song. Jesus, I love you. I know that you live inside of me. Right now, the Holy Spirit is moving. Just because you can't see with your eyes, he's moving. I feel the Lord in this place. Father, we just worship you right now. We give you the highest praise. What you have in store for us today, we receive it. Well, just tell God right now we receive it. Did you know that you can be the worst enemy from God to, to move in your life? You can stop him. Just in your heart right now, just say, I receive, God. I receive it.
that we may be a light upon this earth to let people know of the goodness, of the joy, of the salvation of Jesus Christ. Come on, church, he would use you. Just right now, take this next minute and just pray and say, God, whatever you want, you can use me. Right now, if you're struggling to say those very words, tell God that, God, I, I'm having fears. God, I'm struggling. And let the Lord meet you exactly where you're at. Some of you may be getting visions from the Lord. God may be speaking things on your heart. Come, just play right now as the music keeps on playing. Just pray right now. Say, God, send me. God, send me, Lord. I want to be used to change this world. Send me. God, would you use me? Let him prepare your heart. Send me. Oh, won't you send us, Lord? Oh, you sent out your disciples. Oh, because of you. Oh, because you came. You are the sent one. I don't have to be afraid. So I don't have to be afraid. Oh, my life is in your hands. My life is in your hands. This city, Lord, this city belongs to you. Chicago belongs to you. The cities of our nation, they belong to you. Oh, this nation belongs to you. Start declaring, oh, the nations belong to Jesus. Oh, we want your spirit to reign. Oh, come on, church. He loves it when you worship him. He loves it when you pray. He loves it when you ask him of these things. It's his desire. It's his will. And there's power in this right now. There is power to tear down some strongholds. There is power to tear down the works of the enemy right now in nations. The Holy Spirit is going forth. You are beckoning him. Come on, it's the people. It's the cries of his people. He hears the cries of his people. Come on, 30 seconds more. Come on, let's lift up our voice. We cry out to you, Lord. We lift up voice. Won't you use us, God? Won't you use us, Lord? Send me. Send me, I'll go. people out there on their way to help God won't you choose me won't you spark something inside of me oh I want to feel your love let it overflow come on ask him to let it overflow in your life right now come on ask him for a fresh dose of his love if you're feeling dry this morning that you can't even pray for people ask God right now to fill him to fill you with his love he pours it out. He gives it freely. You don't have to beg him. You don't have to cry out loud. You can just ask him for it. To so say, God, fill me with your love this morning, right now, and just receive. Just receive. Come on, right now. Before we move it, just ask him right now. Fill me up, God. We're going to pray for the nations. We're going to pray for people. We're going to worship God and believe in that he's doing it. And it's by his love. Come on, church. It's by love. 
the floodgates. Come on, declare that. Lift your voice, church. Come on, we don't have to be ashamed. You're around brothers and sisters. Lift up our voice right now. Have a freedom knowing you can do it. It's just worship. Open up, open up the floodgates. 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 into prayer. We know that the Spirit of God is here. He's moving. I see Him working on us. This is what we're going to do. We're asking God to the fire, the fire fall, let it rain on His people. How many of you guys know and believe that God can still work on people even though they're not here? How many of us have family that are not saved? They don't want to see the fire of God transform. How many of us are crying out for cities, for this city, for this nation? Here's what I want you to do. Think about three people right now that you know don't have the salvation, they're not saved, and I want you to pray for them. You're going to be so intent, you'll be so focused on praying for them. Say, God, I want my brother to be here. God, I pray that he will get to know you, that will come to the saving grace. Just pray right now. Pray for them that the fire of God, that's God's salvation, would hit them. Can I believe in there's a corporate anointing? There's a flow right now for us to play and believe it. So when we pray, let's not be double-minded. Let's believe God. I believe you're able to do it. You said it. That's it. That finished it. That resolved it. for three people. Come on.
it's not Metro Praise, it's just not Chicago, but for all people. And let's believe right now, let's just lift up our voice for them right now. Ask God, God, give me a nation to pray for. God, give me a city to pray for. God, give me a people to pray for. Corner, just start praying. Start lifting your voice. You can encourage your neighbor by what you're praying. Let them know that you're staying in the gap together right now as the music plays. Just lift up. Come on. to you today because God you died for the sins of the world you love the whole world that you gave your only begotten son 
that whosoever believes in you should not perish, but have everlasting life. We're thankful that we're here. We're thankful that we know you, but we pray today for those who don't. Would you just take 30 seconds right now and just pray for your neighbor or uh, a co-worker, somebody you know, a family member who doesn't know the Lord Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. Come on, just pray in this room. Let's pray for those we know that don't know Jesus because there's a real heaven, there's a real hell, and the Bible told us to pray. We pray, God, for our friends. I pray for my Uncle Frank and Uncle Fred, God. Aunt Carol, Jesus. I pray for my cousins today, Lord. Oh, Lord, the neighbors that I have in my community, God. Touch them today, Lord. We're happy we're here. But, Lord, we want our friends to know you. We want the world to know you. In the name of Jesus. Would you hold somebody's hand just next to you now? We're going to pray as a family that you will live for God, that you'll live for him. You can do it. Look at your neighbor. Say, you can do it. Amen. We're going to pray that each one of you will live for God. You're here today, and God has a special plan for you. Lord, I pray you bless every person here. From my family to the worship band to every person, even the first-time visitor, God, we pray you'll show them your love today. Let them grow closer and closer to you. And I pray they'll live for you, that your commandments won't be a burden, but will be a joy to them. And where they struggle and fall, you'll lift them up and encourage them. Bless them and their families. In Jesus' name, and can everybody say amen. Amen. Let's bless the Lord today. Welcome, amen, to Metro Praise. We're going to play a cool welcome video. Would you stay standing and like slap high five like five people right now and tell them you can do it. Come on, I want to start with you.
Amen. Let's uh, come and grab a seat if you can. Welcome to the place we love Jesus. I want to do it. Now, the thing that we're doing is we're doing love in Jesus' name. Everybody say in Jesus' name. Amen. So don't think we're weird like that, but we are weird in other ways. We're the, we're, you know, I always tell people when they come to our church, what type of church is it? And then, they, and then I say, what church do you go to? And they normally say Catholic. I go, it's totally like that, but then totally different. It's like we have Jesus, we have a preacher, but then everything else goes crazy from there. We raise our hands, we clap. And for those of you who aren't comfortable with it, that's okay. There's no problem with that. It's just when I go with you to your favorite sporting game, I'm going to act there like you do in church, okay? So when the Bulls start winning, I'm just going to sit there like this and go, oh, my gosh, is this going to be over yet? Okay. Okay, look at your neighbor and say, we're weird for Jesus. Amen. It's okay to be weird. Welcome to our 11 o'clock service every Sunday. This is where we do it right here. In the back is a welcoming center where my wife is at. Nancy, would you like to wave? Thank you very prego, wife, all beautiful and hot. She's awesome. She's right back there ready to help you out, give you brochures, tell you all about the church, good things going on. Wednesdays we have encounter night, which is when we have family time and like hangout time with everybody who comes. This family night, this Wednesday, everybody say this Wednesday. Thank you is spread the love. Can everybody go love? Thank you. So basically we're playing off the theme of, you know, Valentine's Day and all of that. So if you come out this Wednesday, we'll play a movie in here on the big screen, Soul Surfer. Out there they'll be playing games, the Wii, board games, having fun, chilling, eating food. And just come and spread the love and we'll give you a whole bunch of candy for you and your kids. And then every week on Wednesdays we also have the Royal Rangers Impact, which is like Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts, okay, for Jesus. And then Elevate. Come on, teenagers, every Friday night, 11 to 18 years old, with your pastor, the one, the only, Adam Nieves. So tell us what's going to be going down the thug dizzle Amen. for this month coming up. This coming month, we have been planning for the longest. We want to have, we're inviting people from all over to come and perform worship with us. So it's going to be a joint service because we launched out a youth group with Ellie, Pastor Ellie in the back. Wave, wave, that's my man. So we're going to have a joint service at the end of the month. That is going to be our E-Night. Invite your friends. Let everybody know it's the end of the month. It's going to be popping. There it is. Look at your neighbor and say popping. Amen, amen, amen. This is our vision to love God and love people. Every church needs a strategy. Some people have a vision for the pastor to drive a Rolls Royce, okay? That is not our vision right here, but if you want to buy one for your pastor, I like black, okay? With the 22 inch. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but we have a vision love God, love people. Can everybody say love God? Come on, somebody say love people. Thank you. That's what we're about. You never have to worry about that changing. You, you know, you can go here uh, any time to a Wednesday, to a Friday, to a Sunday, anything we're doing. You can better believe this. We're going to love God and we're going to love people. Jesus said to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Can everybody go? See, there you go. Strength. And to love your neighbor as yourself. Can you look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I love you in Jesus' name. Come on now. Look at another neighbor. And say, neighbor, I love you more in Jesus' name. Come on, make your neighbor jealous. It's okay. And then everybody goes, strategy. Thank you. Here is how we're going to do it. How are we going to love God and love people? We're going to connect you to the cross of Jesus. We want to teach you about the cross of Jesus. And then we want to send you out in the world to share the cross of Jesus. Just not on your neck. And then when you pass by a chair, just not like that. We want you to literally share the power of Jesus and the cross. Can everybody say La Cruz? 
La Cruz, thank you. And if you have not connected to a life group, this is the first step in the strategy is to get into a life group. Does anybody here get life in life groups? Awesome. Here's what a life group is. It's food and fellowship at somebody's house, okay? And so we want everybody to plug in, seven for adults, two for youth, and we want you to join them. Now, here's the deal. If you say, man, I do not want to go to a life group, here's got to be the deal. That means you don't like friends and you don't like food, okay? So if I see you eating anywhere else, you're in trouble. And then if I see you guys are like, he's crazy. Yes, I am. And if I see you hanging out with anybody else other than us, we're going to get on you because we're going to be like, what's wrong with us? What's wrong with us? We have food. We have friends. We're not friends anymore. What happened? Okay, so just look at your neighbor and say, don't break his heart. Don't break, don't break pastor's heart. Okay, so here's the deal. Find a life group. If they haven't found you, they'll meet you back there today and get involved in a life group. And if there's not one that meets a time for you, let us know. and We'll start a new one for you and your friends or your family because we are all about connecting you to the cross by you getting around like-minded people. Everybody say connect. Thank you. And then our second stage is mentor. It's when you're in that life group, you can begin to say, will somebody teach me about Jesus? And they'll do it one-on-one. You know, women with women, men with men. Here is the book right here. It's also free online. And we want to develop you to be a disciple of Jesus. Can I hear you say disciple? Thank you. And then when you graduate the 101, we have this as a Sunday school for a radical, just I want to change the world disciple. Because for us at Metro Praise, Sunday school is cool. Okay? It's cool to be in Sunday school. Okay? And if you're not cool in Sunday school, you know what you are? A a fool. And you know what Mr. T said about fools? He pitied a fool. Okay? So we don't want to pity the fool. So you be cool and get in. Sunday school, you guys are awesome. Did he just call me a fool? I'll let you decide that when you go home today. Everybody say, send. Stretch out your hands and go, send. Amen. I always wanted to be an aerobic instructor. I just want you guys to do this again. Send. Send. Okay. You know the cross. You're taught the cross. You go out and share the cross. This is why this church is touching the world. We have evangelism on Saturdays. We're adopting nursing homes right now. Brother, what nursing home are you adopting? You haven't decided, but I just can't wait for you to show up in a nursing home. Let's give it up for Ishmael going to adopt a nursing home. Do you know that I was called to preach in a nursing home? I am so serious, man. If you can get them to shout amen, you know you're preaching. And so I'm being serious, man. So that's so cool. We're adopting high schools. What high schools are we adopting? Schurz, Lane Tech, Prosser, school clubs going everywhere. So the idea of Metro Praise is this. We're going to love God, love people. We're going to connect you to a life group so on Sundays you get powerful relationships here, but they continue during the week. And then from that life group you can start to get discipled and get trained up and then be a part of a life-changing ministry. Can I hear an amen? Amen. We believe we can do this. 100,000 disciples here in Chicago with 50 churches and 500 around the world. And people ask me all the time, Joe, how are we going to get 100,000? I'm going to tell you how. We're going to make Jesus number one and make him the hero and get a bunch of zeros. I worked hard for that, y'all. I worked so hard. I thought I was going to get a little bit more excitement. Let's just try this again. How do we get 100,000? We make Jesus number one, get a bunch of zeros and make him the hero. Everybody shout amen. Woo, come on. Will you open up your Bibles with me to Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. We are in the middle of raising some shekels, some dinero, some greenbacks to do great things for God. Our church is growing. It's moving. Uh, We uh, set up January, February, March 
to start clearing some past debt of, of 011 and to set up things for 012. Some of the things that we're, we're raising right now is money for our vehicles. We have transportation ministry. We also want to add in some new signage. We want to get the word out there that we're here to change this city and the world for Jesus. And so it's 25000 We've already raised 6800 Can we give it up for Jesus and the church? Come on. Only 18,000 more to go. Uh, so we're going to work on that. And in the back, we have pledge forms. Nancy, would you hold one up? Pledge forms just for you. You don't got to put your number, your bank account number, social security number on there unless you want to. And Okay, I'm just kidding, by the way. You guys are like, is he serious? No, I'm kidding. If this is a pledge sheet my wife is holding up. You can get it in the back, and it just simply tells you where the shekels are going, so you, you just don't think we're just wasting it on new hairdos like this. You know, I have our hairdresser here today, Sister Carolina. Let's give it up for the hairdresser in the house. You see what I'm saying? Like some of y'all witnessing on Bourbon Street and all other places. See, I'm witnessing to my hairdresser. Praise God. She's coming here. Okay, so here's the deal. If you want it, you just keep it. You don't even got to put it in the offering. It's just for you to know where the shekels are going and what the plan is. So there's the pledge sheet. We are believing God over three months, January, February, March, that we can do this. This is what we've raised in two months, and I believe the best is this last month right here. I believe some of you are getting those taxes back, and instead of thinking of Macy's paying off that car payment, instead of eating food, what you're thinking about right now is, I got to give to the church, man. I just can't wait for it to come. Come on, H&R Block, where's it at? I know that's what you're thinking right now. You're so excited about that. So I want to show you in Proverbs 3 how God's going to bless you. In all seriousness, I believe that God actually planned something for us in finances. And I want you to see what God says. If you're in Proverbs chapter 3, would you say I'm there, please? Look at Proverbs chapter 3, starting in verse 5. And let us see what Proverbs, written by Solomon, son of David, he was known to be the wisest man. Let's see what he said. Verse 5, trust in the Lord with some of your heart. Is that what it says? Brother, can I get the scripture up there, my man? Let's get some karaoke Bible going on. Trust in the Lord just with the little things. No, trust in the Lord with just things that you can do in your power, 90%, and then that extra 10%. He'll just push you through. No, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. If you got your Bible, shout out A-L-L, all. All, thank you. See, God wants you to trust in him with all your heart. Look at the next part. Lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. I mean, we've got some pretty big cantaloupe-sized brains going on. We're pretty smart, right? we got people in here with master's degrees. You would not believe it. I was a high school dropout, but God has enabled me to get my master's degree after working long and hard hours. And now I get to be the professor. Ah, payback time. 20-page paper. Okay, but I want to tell you, as much as I can figure out up here, I can't figure it all out out here, right? I can't figure it all out. Right now, they're saying they're increasing the debt in America to $16 trillion more than we bring in as an economy. Can you even figure that out? I mean, we can't even figure out that size of a number. There's 300 billion people in America. If, if we all gave, you know, all of our money and everything we have, we could not even pay the $16 trillion. Think of it this way. If Bill Gates gave all of his money, back up, let me say this. During the time of Rockefeller's recession, if Rockefeller would have given his money, he could have paid off the debt, okay? Rockefeller, richest man in the world at that time, could have paid out the debt. Can we get Proverbs 3 up there, please, sir? He could have paid off the debt. 
Now our richest man, Bill Gates, if he gave all 70 billion away, that would only be two days of interest off the money our country owes right now. Are you all tracking with me? I can't figure that out. I don't even think they can figure that out. That's why we're praying, amen? And they need to look back at the dollar. Instead of trusting in the dollar, look at what it says, in God we trust, amen? Okay, so when we look at our principles for family, we look at our principles for job, where should we be trusting God with? How much of our heart? We should be giving it all. Okay, so God has a plan for your family. So, you know, if you're single, stay celibate until you get married. And then when you get married, husbands love your wives as Christ loves the church. Wives serve your husbands as, as the church serves Christ and, and do it his way. And then parents, teach your children in the fear and admonition of God. Children, obey your parents. Can I hear an amen? Okay, so that's God's way. If you think you know of a better way, so you're just going to stand up and be like, I'm not submitting to my husband, man. Okay, woman, if you want to do that, that's fine. But what will happen if you don't trust in the Lord with all your heart? How has it worked out since we got away from Bible principles and marriage and dating relationships? When was the last time you watched a reality TV show? Hello, somebody. It's not working too well since we got away from Bible relationships. Am I right? Am I telling on myself here? How about Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, Real Housewives of New Jersey? God help us. The one we all even look up to in Chicago is not even married to Stedman. It's like we don't even know what's going on. Okay, so we need to trust God there. How about we trust God in how we work? The Bible said work six days, take a seventh day of rest. Come early, stay late, honor your boss, do all work as unto the Lord. How many think if you went to your boss today and you go, I'm going to work hard for you like I would unto the Lord. I'm going to come early and stay late and give it all I got. How many think he's going to say, shame on you? You're just fired. You get out of here talking all that hard work stuff. How many know the Bible taught us to work hard? Okay. Let's keep going. We're going to trust him in all of our ways. Verse 7, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. So often we can say to ourselves, man, I'm pretty smart. I mean, I got this. I can have sex before marriage because, dude, we love each other. We're going to be so much different than all these other people. Oh, you know what? I don't need to do this on my job. I can cheat a little bit. Wink, wink. I can talk about my boss behind their back. I can have a, you know, discrepancy and, you know, cause issues on the job. I'm smarter than that, smarter than my job or smarter than the Bible. See, the Bible says don't try to be wise in your own eyes. It doesn't mean come to the Bible brain dead. It's just do what the Bible says. His commands are there for a reason, and they've worked well. Can you say amen? Thank you. Now look at this, verse 8. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. What will bring health to our body, nourishment to our bones, is trusting in God, acknowledging Him, and not being wise in our own eyes. How does that make sense in our culture today? Do you know that they have found out that stress is related to so many of our sicknesses? Stress affects our diet and our sleep patterns. When your diet and sleep is affected, now your immune system goes down, and you are more apt to be sick and more apt to stay sick because of stress. God is saying, trust in Him. Is everybody tracking with me? Can I hear an amen? And in, Thank you. And the Bible says when you trust in him, there is a peace, a blessing, and a, an assurance that God is in control. Now with all your excitement and all of your shouting, I want you all to read verse 9 for me, nice and loud together. One, two, three. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Now the question is, are we going to now try to be smarter than God? Or are we going to honor God at this point? That's the question. This is what God asks of us. He says, give him a tithe, 10% of your total income. That's what God asks. Then after your tithe, you have 90% of your total income left. And you can decide what to do with that as you feel right. 
Godly people teach this. Give 10% to the Lord, save 10%, live off 80%, you'll have a blessed life. Downsize, do whatever you got to do, live off 80%. But here's the principle he's teaching. Honor the Lord with your wealth, the first fruit of your crops. Now, you might say, well, I don't have any wealth. Wealth simply means substance, and we all have that. The second thing, you might say, well, I don't have any crops. Well, that's what they had. What do you have? For us, it may be paychecks. It may be tax returns. It may be inheritance. It may be bonuses. Is everybody tracking with me here today? Bible says, honor with the first fruits. What that meant is when they brought in their crops to the people, uh, the people of Israel would bring it to the church, they would take their best, their first fruits, and give it to God. Now, when you receive a paycheck, do they take out the taxes first? Yes, they do. You see what they've already taken out. You know why? Because they don't trust you to come to a place like this and give it. Because if they said, hey, everybody, we're going to give you the money, but once a month, go to your tax place and give the money. How many know a lot of people would be skipping out, running town? So you know what the government said? When you make it, we take it. You make it, we take it. But then your creator, God of heaven and earth, he doesn't hold you upside down and shake you out today. He just says, trust me, honor me with all your heart. And if your heart's here, your wallet will be where your heart is, the Bible says, because they're connected. Honor him. Now, here's the exciting part. Let's look at the next verse. It says, then your barns will be filled overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. They drunk wine in that day as a form of their diet, as a way of living. They still do very much in Italy, Mediterranean culture. And that bat was where they put it all. He says it's going to overflow. They had grain. That's how they lived. It would come into the barn so hard, uh, so big that it would break down the barn doors. So much would just open the barn doors. Okay? Now the question is, do you believe that? That's the question. Would you put back up this slide, please? I'm asking you today to trust in God even when economic trials come, when hardships come, because it says trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. Let's think about this. Has God's people in 6,000 years of human history ever gone through famines and droughts and governments going up and down? God's used to this, right? He's seen it before. He was here during the Great Depression. He was here during those times when uh, the Native Americans and the pilgrims were living together. He was there and other nations. He's there. Do you know, as a matter of fact, we support uh, 200 churches around the world in four different countries, Nigeria, Pakistan, Nepal, and India. And do you know that all the people there tithe? Do you know why? Because they believe the principle. Even though they're farmers, they believe the principle. She was there in Mexico, in Nayarit, in a little place called uh, uh, Rosamorada and uh, Chilapa. We were there together with his family, and the people give their tithe. See, in America, sometimes we never think we have enough, and it's a rat race we're on. And we just keep spending and giving away everything we have. We get bigger, bigger cars, bigger, bigger payments. And before we know it, a recession happens. We get rocked. And we think now, this is the time I'm going to cut God out the picture. No, this is the time we start putting God first again. This is the time that we realign back to where our nation once was, serving God, putting his agenda first. So I just want to challenge you today to help us do this. And here is the challenge. If every person in Metro Praise tithe, we wouldn't need to raise extra money. It's because we don't all tithe that we have to raise extra money. My guess is, I don't know for sure, but around 50% of the church tithes. That means 50% or not. And if you're thinking, man, that's pretty bad. You know that most churches, you know what the stat is? 7%. So when you go to big churches, you look around, everybody's shouting and clapping their hands, hallelujah. Only about 7 out of 100 are giving to that church to support it. We support churches around the nation. Today is going to be our, our, our lesson on missions. It's going to bless you. It's going to challenge you. But I just want to encourage you to help us. 
to help this community. We can't do it without you. We need your partnership. And if you will take God at his word today, he says if you honor him, he'll bless you. Amen. Would you stand to your feet as we prepare to give today? The Bible says, honor the Lord with your wealth. The first fruits of your crops and your barns will be filled to overflowing. Your vats will brim over with new wine. We believe in the tithe and the offering. When you look at our offering envelopes, when you give to the tithe, it gives to our general budget. When you circle missions, it goes to the missionaries. When you give to building, like right now, it enables us to keep doing the things we're doing here. You can give online, but no matter what, I'm asking you, would you consider partnering with us? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the church that you've given us here today. We're already making new things happen this year because of your people. No one is picking dollar bills off money trees today. It's hard work, God. It's dedication. But, Lord, I thank you for what's already come in, and I ask you to clear it all out. And now, Lord, I ask you to bless your people with jobs and promotions and stability, Father God, and bless this nation and the leadership and the, and the Congress and the Senate as they hold our future in their hands, oh Father God. We pray for wisdom and integrity even for our mayor and our governor, oh God. And we ask for forgiveness for the corruption that's been in this land starting from the politicians to us and our greed and our credit cards. We ask you to realign us, God, that we would understand it's God, family, and church, Father. That's how a community is built, Lord. And I ask you to be with our churches in these wonderful nations that have so much less than us. And when we give to them, it means all the world to them. It pays for their buildings, gas and their motorcycles, food for their children to eat. We ask, Lord, to bless us, to be a blessing to the nations of the world and to the people here. You said when we give, it's given back to us, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Can everybody say amen? Amen. Let's say what Paul said on the count of three. One, two, three. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Will you come rejoicing as you give today? We're so excited that you're here. Thank you. up for the band this morning rocking out for Jesus thank you guys you guys are awesome well we are finishing up the last mountain we've been in a series called the nine mountains of influence and basically what we think of as this is a mountain in culture where people look up to and we've been learning how to take these mountains for Jesus to be the best we can be and what's really cool is you can go to metropraise.org and if you missed any of them you can check them all out there uh, matter of fact Ellie will you show them the archive place on the website and what we've been studying is how to be leaders in the community has anybody been inspired or encouraged during this series? Amen. I praise God for the five of you. That's why I do it. 
I'm, it's just right here. It's why I do it. I feel like I've been a little schizophrenic with these mountains, like like the mountain of education. I was like, how can I start a Bible college? And then we looked at another mountain, like charity, and I'm like, how can we start charities? And and like arts and media, and I'm like, how can I be how can I be on TV right now? How do we get this on TV? I mean, be an actor. I mean, everything we've been learning, I've been wanting to do. But the 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 theme of it is to find your mountain. Some of you are going to be on, on the mountain of family. You're going to homeschool. You're going to rock it out. You're going to die. You're going to do uh, foster care. Some of you are going to be in the mountain of business. You're going to do it for Jesus. You're going to get money, 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 money. It's okay. And you're going to do it for Jesus because you're going to be like, I'm going to make this money for the Lord. Remember when we talked about Green who owns Hobby Lobby? Billionaire, but he's doing it for the Lord. And, and we can just be the best everywhere we're at. Somebody say the best. Now say the best of the best of the best. Thank you. And when you go to our website, metropraise.org, scroll up a little bit for us, please, Armano, and you just go to media, click on media, archive, bada bing, bada boom, there you are. And then now click on the nine mountains of influence. You can pick the series we've been through, and there are all the videos. You can scroll down. You can see they're all there. Can we give it up for the multimedia ministry? Amen. Thank you so much. We have an awesome privilege today because we're talking about missions. This is the last mountain. It's something very important that we need to do as a church. We've talked about family. We've talked about business. We've talked about education, charity. We've talked about these things. Today, we're going to talk about missions, reaching out and changing the world. And we just had some missionaries come back from their trip. So I'm going to ask those from the Mardi Gras trip to come forward, and they're going to share with you what it was like being at the Graal, baby. Let's give it up as they come forward. Amen. Now, some of y'all might have been at Mardi Gras for a different reason, okay? But they were at Mardi Gras preaching the gospel. How many know what Mardi Gras is? Okay, it's French for Fat Tuesday. It goes back into Catholicism the day before Ash Wednesday. The Catholics get the ash, and then they have 40 days of Lent, which is fasting from certain foods until Easter. And so what happened was the Catholics, you know, they love to party. And so they were just like, hey, let's just, let's just go for broke before we have the ash put on our head. And so New Orleans is, is inspired by Catholicism and, and, and the religious things there and St. Louis cathedrals in the French Quarter. And long story short, they got known for the Mardi Gras, and it's also gone to Brazil and to other places, Rio de Janeiro and also in Mobile and certain parts of America. But still to this day, New Orleans has the biggest of all of them around the world. Over a million people come down to party from all ages. It is gross and disgusting in many ways. We don't let our children go there. But for young adults, 17 and older, they go out there and they share the love of Jesus. And Jared led up our team. Let's give it up for him as he shares a testimony. Amen. God is good. We took a team of about eight down there. There was another ministry hosting us. So we had people from all over the country and Canada, so North America, coming together to preach the gospel. We had at least 400 foot soldiers for Jesus. Uh, one young man I talked to, his name was Jim Riley on the last night, Monday night. I was out there about 1 a.m. talking to this guy. And he says, man, I always believed, but I could never get it right. And just for years, uh, falling short, getting on drugs, getting in jail. And God finally got him. It was just that right time. His heart was right. And he gave his life to the Lord that night. I told him that, that salvation was a gift. He finally understood it. And he gave his heart to the Lord. We're still in contact. I'm hooking him up with our online discipleship material to get him on the right path. And that's just one of many testimonies, but one that really stuck out. Out there, there was um, 
there was these two women and one of them was talking to me and um, she was telling me about how she grew up in a Christian home and how she knew the word but she could never like she never had an encounter with the Lord she never really felt his presence or his love and it broke my heart because it's such an amazing feeling and so um, we decided to pray for her and as my partner was praying for her the Holy Spirit was working and moving in her and she was feeling it and she was she was like striving for that encounter and um, in the midst of that prayer my partner mentioned something about alcoholism over her life and her drink like literally just fell out of her hand and you know and it spilled out completely not a drop of it left in it and um, we believe that that was the Holy Spirit telling her to stop and freeing her from that and um, as we were praying over her I realized that um, she was being touched but like her friend came and dragged her away, but, you know, I, I know now that she's she's never going to be the same after that, and I'm going to keep her in prayer and hope that she has that encounter with the Lord that she's always wanted. Amen. Um, this year I went out with my Bible college, SUM, School of Urban Missions, and I had the opportunity of being a captain this year, and the way the format we went out evangelizing is that SUM got, you know, over... Uh, 300 students, and it came together, and they had people assigned to lead the team out, and I had my own uh, team, about 50 students, and my job was more watching, you know, um, running interference, if people were getting crazy, keep an eye, hey, go this way, go this way, uh, but one of the testimonies from one of the people on my team, uh, there were a couple, they were a married couple, they were pastors of a church, and they were out there, and they ran into this um, couple, and this couple had filed for divorce, and they set themselves to so sit, we're done. And they were saying, we're going to go to Mardi Gras to see if we can work on our marriage. And if you know anything about Mardi Gras, you don't go to Mardi Gras to work on your marriage. That is the last place. But God knew and God had something planned for them. So they walk into these pastors and these pastors start talking to them. They start counseling them. They start restoring them. That couple said, man, we want Jesus. And so they're praying for them. They get saved. And at the end, how about this? You guys want to redo your wedding vows. So on the street, on Bourbon Street, they redid their wedding vows. And it was all glory to God. So that was one of the testimonies that happened out there. Amen. I also went with SUM this year. Um, the person that sticks out to me the most is this girl named Angel. We were out there. It was the second day that we went out there. And um, as soon as I saw her, I just heard the Lord tell me, you, you need to get her. And me and my partner went up to her and just started telling her about Jesus. And she was really like, well, I'm, I'm kind of busy. I need to go. But, you know, the Lord just gave us the words to speak, to continue. You know, it really drew her in. She didn't go. And um, as we were talking, I felt the Lord tell me that, um, that she's very been very sexually broken basically she's been abused she's been used she's she feels very devalued and she doesn't understand her her value you know and I started telling her her value in Jesus Christ and telling her about you know what he did for her on the cross and basically the gospel and she began to weep she just began to weep and she she came and and put her head on my shoulder and I just hugged her for about two minutes in the middle of Bourbon Street and she's just weeping and then um as, as I was hugging her, you know, I began to pray for her, and I just began to speak life over her, telling her her value in Jesus, telling her, you know, what he thinks of her, and even if she was the last person on th this earth, you know, she, he still would have died for her, and she was just so blown away. She ended up giving her life to Jesus that day, and um, even as we were walking away, there was just such a connection. Like, she, I just knew that her life was changed. Her whole face was changed from the minute 
that she walked up from when she was walking with completely different. She was still crying, but it wasn't a crying of like sorrow. It was a crying like, man, I just got saved. So, amen. The, the Lord brought conviction upon two gentlemen, and uh, he also led me to lead others to him. And one of them, his name is Earl. He was walking towards me, and he had his eyes down. And he looked depressed, sad, uh, lost. And I got his attention, and I started speaking a word into life and he accepted uh, Christ and oh it just reminds me of the car wash we had after the retreat the holy car wash where you know it started over <laughs> there and ended over here well I was standing there um, as I am here and well I saw the transformation in him in his face it first at first he was uh, down and after he accepted Christ, um, he left with a smile. He he proceeded with a smile, and that's my testimony. Amen. Um, one of the testimonies I like to share um, is Henry, twenty-one year old man, young man, and I uh, came across him and I began to share Jesus Christ, and he was confessing to be agnostic, and um, the Lord told me that um, you know that he knows the Lord since since childhood, and I told him, look, you know the Lord since childhood, and uh, God's called you, and you have a call to reach your generation, and, you know, from just talking about him being agnostic, and all of a sudden, like, God speaking to him, you know, you could just see his face change, and his eyes getting a little watery, and I just speak, I spoke over his life, and I began to, who, I began to tell him who Jesus is in his life, uh, just because, like, I, I can tell, like, he was just, like, you know, deceived by the enemy, thinking, like, there's no more Jesus in his life. And uh, he, he just opened up and said, you know, I, uh, I grew up in Christian church until I was 12 years old. And my family, I got about 20 people serving the Lord. And, uh, you know, I asked if I can pray for him. I prayed for him. And uh, you can tell just uh, in, his, in, his, in his eyes, in his face, he said, he just said, you know what, my time, when my time comes, my time comes. Because right now, there's other things doing my thing. But God spoke to him. He knows that he has a call in his life. Miriam was actually my partner during that time. And Miriam <laughs> did not hear anything of the conversation. Miriam's like, I just want to tell you something. I just really feel real strong, like your call of God. And, you know, God used both of us to speak that to him. So we're just still praying for him that, uh, you know, he answers the call. Isn't it wonderful? Will you open up your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 28, verse 18? I'm going to teach you guys now how to go on your mission trip. You guys are going to be missionaries. From the spiky-haired dude right there, Sid, to the good-looking guy right here-ish, to the nice, artsy young lady, uh, Sister Christina, everybody's going to do something radical for God. Everybody here is going to do something radical for God. And if I knew all of your names, I would start calling out your names right now. No, I'm just kidding. These are people that let me call their names. They love it when I do it. They come back to me and say, oh, so cool you did that because I felt good about that. So that's so awesome. Okay, turn to Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. Here is the theme, ending our last sermon on this series. This is what we've talked about for nine weeks, discipleship, finding the mountain that God has for you and going there and changing the world. Here it is, Matthew 28, 18. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. 
Who has all authority today, my friends? Jesus has all authority. The devil and Jesus are not in an arm match. Jesus pimp slapped the devil, stepped on him, took the keys and unlocked the jail cell and said, everybody run, you're free. And then like Braveheart, freedom! We all got it, okay? This is where we are today. We are on the shouting side of Calvary. We've got the victory. Look at your neighbor and say, you're a winner. Okay, Jesus said you're a winner. Now, verse 19, I want us all to read it together. One, two, three. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Here's how it works. Jesus says, all authority is mine. That means he's got the power, okay? So all the power belongs to Jesus. What does he say to you now? Go out and find the best parking spot you can at Father and Son. You go out and you get the best deal at Macy's that you can. Come on, ladies. 20% off. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, hello. He didn't say go out there and just take the little power that I gave you and go have a little prayer before your Christmas dinner. He says, I've got the power. Now, here's what you're going to do. You're going to go out there and make disciples. You're going to teach the world about me. Just here in Jerusalem? No. To all the nations of the world. And for 2,000 years, the Christian church has been growing, touching every part of the globe. Today, it grows eight times faster than the rate of birth so that means every baby that's born there's eight more born again shouting hallelujah and today the bible is the most read book today it is up to you and i to take the baton and keep running god is calling you to be a disciple that makes disciple come on somebody say discipleship thank you and disciples are people who live and act like jesus we understand this more in the Eastern culture. Master, sensei, with karate. Okay, he is my master. He is my sensei. Okay, when they say disciple here in this context, that's what they mean. You are serving the master, Jesus. Everybody go, Jesus. Jesus. Okay, that is what Jesus is to you. Yes, sensei. He is our master. He is our lord and boss. Now, he's not teaching you how to go, whoop. He's not teaching you how to do that. He's teaching you how to stop looking at pornography, stop stealing, start loving your neighbor, start helping the poor. That's what he wants you to do. Come on, somebody. Say amen. Amen means right on. That just encourages me to keep preaching. And then look at verse 20. And teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. You see, some of you are good at obeying some things. Well, pastor, I don't murder anybody. That's so awesome. Can we just give it up for everybody here that doesn't murder somebody? We're so happy for the non-murderers today. Thank you for coming. Every time you come to the church, you don't murder somebody. We put a star next to your name, okay? Let's just give it up right now for everybody doesn't steal. Come on, everybody doesn't steal. Thank you. Look at your neighbor and say thank you. Thank you. We're so proud of you of not stealing from us. So some people just think like God like told you three things. Don't rape, murder, or steal. And you're like, I'm so good. I'm the best one. I got all these stars next to my name. Jesus taught us to obey more than just that. Jesus said when you pray, you should pray like this. So there should be a star next to your name for praying. Jesus said when you have your money, this is what you should do with it. Help the poor. So there should be a star next to your name for that. There should be a star next to your name for following this scripture, going into all the world and making disciples. Amen. Can I hear an Amen. Thank you. And it says, I'm with you always until the very end of the age. I believe Jesus is here with us today. 
Jesus is in our hearts. He's living among us as surely as he came the first time 2,000 years ago, split the calendar in two, became the most well-named, known among the planet. His book, the most known book among the earth, as surely as he came the first time, he's coming again, my friends. He will come again and judge the living and the dead. So today he is with us in, his, in our hearts by the power of the Holy Spirit. He's given his church an assignment. That's to make disciples. And the last thing we're talking about today and how to make disciples, we've talked about doing it in our family, doing it on our job, doing it in the media and arts. Today, we're going to talk about making disciples in the mission field. In the mission field. Everybody say missions. Thank you. Here's the definition of missions. Missions is to preach the gospel both in one's own country and around the world. The gospel in the Greek, the original language of the New Testament is Greek. The word gospel means evangelion. where we get the word evangelical. It means to share the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's the good news. It also means good news. Everybody tracking with me here. So the mission work of the church is to share the good news. This is the great commission is to go do missions. Matthew 28, this verse right here is our great commission. It is what God has commanded us to do. And it's great because it's really awesome. Six billion people need to know about it. So our great commission is to do the work of missions. Amen. Everybody say this with me. Our great commission is to do the work of missions. Thank you. If you look to this picture to the top left, you see us doing work in our own country. I'm the west side reaching out to people. On the bottom left, you see me holding the hand of Pastor and Mitt in southern India. And there we're having other pastors around us. As you make your way more to the middle, you see Pastor Anil from New Delhi and his family, who we have churches there in New Delhi, India. Then going more now to the right, top right, you see Pastor Edward preaching with the microphone, just like we are here in Lahore, Pakistan. And then down below, you see some of our street ministry team that ministers here in Chicago. And there to the far right, you see the poor and the hurting of Nepal. And we have churches there in Nepal. Each one of us can have a part in missions. Whether you go to Mardi Gras or whether you go to your neighbor, each one of you can share the good news of Jesus. And let me start off by saying this. If you don't know the good news of Jesus, we're going to missionary you, okay? Welcome to our mission field, okay? We have some cookies in the back and some coffee, and we are going to help you know Jesus Christ, okay? So don't feel like, oh, I don't understand what's going on. Just go right back there, find a life group leader, take some cookies and some coffees, and get lamb basted, roasted, and toasted in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if it does not change your life and if it doesn't do what it said it would do, I promise you we'll give you your money back. Amen. It's free by the way. Okay. Number one, reach out to your neighbors in their homes, on the job and in public. Everybody can begin to do this. You need to find out the best way of how to do this. You know, uh, Ishmael, he works for Pepper Environmental Construction Company. He just doesn't go out there with his hard hat and say, guys, let's do a Bible study. But he gets a lunch break. He can say to one of his coworkers, hey, Matt, let's go out for a lunch break. He can do that. Some of you work on the job as the boss, as the supervisor. Of course, you can't say, now just stop doing everything you're doing and read John 3.16. No, but guess what you can do around Christmas time? You can give them invitations to your house to tell them the real meaning of Christmas. So they get there, you give them some presents, you give them some gifts. And then you sit down and say, I'm going to teach you about the greatest gift of all, Jesus. And guess what's coming up? The biggest time people go to church, Easter. They're called creasters. They go to church on Christmas and Easter. How many know some creasters? Okay, this is what you do for Easter. Go get a little chocolate bunny, put a little invitation on there, and say, come to my church for Easter. It's going to be so awesome. Okay, and that's what you do. You reach out and you find creative ways to do it. This whole entire Filipino family here was reached out because a 
a life group went door to door. There are young people here because we've gone to high schools. You're here obviously because somebody spoke to you. And if you saw the sign, that was our way of reaching out to you. Amen? And what's so cool is that Metro Praise has over 22 nations represented in this church. And so I just want to demonstrate just a few of these nations with you so that you can begin to understand what it looks like. So Paulette, would you come up here, please, and represent the Polish community? Come on up here, Paulette. Let's give it up for Paulette as she comes. I'm kidding. She's not Polish. She's African-American. Okay, and then Kay, come stand next to Paulette. You're okay, you're okay. Go sit, stand right there. God bless you, Paul. That. And turn around and face the other way. And then here's Kay from the Philippines. Let's give it up for Kay. And let's give it up for Carolina from Columbia, right? Come on up. Come on up. We're going to embarrass you now. Let's give it up for my, our man, Ramey, from Egypt. Come on up, baby. from uh, Ramey, amen. Ra okay, what is your name? Okay, God bless you. That's who you are to me. Okay. And let's give it up for Jared, the gringo. Come on up here, my friend. Okay, come on. And, and let's get some of the Latino nations. We got Mexico represented. Come on up from Mexico. Where's our Puerto Ricans at? Give me a Puerto Rican up here. Oh, you all being shy right now. Okay, come on up here, Boricua. Okay, and then we have our friends from China in the back. Would one of you come quickly? David, David, both of you, all of you, come. Okay, so we got Mexico, Puerto Rico, Colombia. Is there any other Latino nations we haven't represented so far? Okay, Guatemala, come on up here. We've got Italy. Come on up here, my brother Otto. We've got Italy looking around. Korea, we got some Koreans. Come on, kimchi for Jesus. Come on up here. Let's just take a look at this right here. If we're missing your nationality, just, just let us know right now. We've got Italian. We've got Puerto Rican. We've had Filipino. We have African-American. It's Guatemalan. Guatemalan, Egyptian, gringo, just thoroughbred right there. Colombian, Mexico, China, Korea. Can we give it up for Jesus right now? Come on. Now, each one of you, will you put your hand on somebody's shoulder right now? Put your hand. It's okay. It's not weird. I didn't know that would be so hard for you. It was like a little delay right there. I'm touching you, man. Okay, it's okay. Okay, this is how it works. You go like this. Now, you have, you have changed my life by doing it. And you take your hand. And you go like that. You guys are awesome. You guys are so smart. This, this is so awesome of you. Metro praise the best. Okay. This is what missions looks like. It's everybody reaching out to their neighbor. It crosses all nationalities. Metro Praise is here to do this. Now, I have nothing against other churches, but some churches, all Latino, all white, all African-American, all Filipino, all Middle Eastern. Metro Praise is here to have a taste of the nations, like the taste of Chicago for Jesus. And so it doesn't matter who they are, where they're from. Each one of us can reach out to somebody and tell them about Jesus. Can we give them a hand clap for doing this for us? Amen. You guys are awesome. You may be seated. Reaching out to your neighbors in homes, on the job, and in the public. Number two, going to the inner cities and urban areas. There are places that are hurting in our cities that we can reach out to. We've personally adopted the west side, the African-American community out there, because it's really, really hurting, and we needed to show them some love. You can travel to other nations, as I have done, to India, to Nepal, to Mexico, and you can reach out to these nations. And then lastly, when you're there doing mission work, you can do so social mission work, and this is just to build schools and to, you know, help them with their social needs. Like in Haiti, we had a lot of Christians that went out there. And let me just back up and say this. The Christian church is the number one mobilizing force, force for charity around the world. 
My friends, we outdo the Red Cross. We outdo every organization. When Haiti happened, it was the Christians. When Katrina happened, it was the Christian. When Indonesia and the tsunamis happened, who was it, y'all? The Christians. Social needs and physical needs is doctors and feeding the poor, clothing the homeless, such a, a need in many of these nations. And then lastly, spiritual needs. Can everybody say spiritual needs? Thank you. Praying for people, restoring marriages, helping children come back home, and serving the Lord. I want you to watch this video. We're very proud of this. This is what we did in 2011 on our mission trip to go out and change the world for Jesus. We went to Nepal and India. And if you would just watch this with me for a few moments, I think it will bless you and show you some missions.
Come on, can we give it up for the mission field? Praise God. You know, this is what the Lord has told us to do, is to go around the world and spread the love of Jesus, not only here, but over there. So last year, we went from Chicago to New Delhi, India, to Southern India, back to Delhi, then to Kathmandu, Nepal, and then we came back home. But I've got a good surprise for you today. We are now adding the Philippines to the Metro Praise Revolution. Praise God. And we're going to call them right now. Would you get Pastor Elmer on from Devout City? I'm going to ask that Kay, would you please come? Kay, would you come? Let's give it up for Sister Kay as she comes. We are going to talk to them right now. Uh, Sister Kay, you can grab a seat right here. And what we're, what we're just to hear the testimony to this, okay? Sister Kay and her family is from Devout City. They came to this church a few months ago. While they're a part of the church, we begin to find out about who they are. I received an email from this pastor from that same area. Hey, Pastor Elmer, how are you? I'm fine. Amen. Put him up a little bit louder. Let's give it up for Pastor Elmer today. Amen. Will you put up the picture of the slide? Pastor Elmer, we greet you today. And Sister Kay greets you in your mother language. Pastor, how Okay, guys. Okay. Thank you. Namin din sa church ang ugtanan namin ni mo. Everybody's listening to you. I praise the Lord. I'm so glad that I, I meet the brothers and sisters in the Lord to other countries from our region. Amen. Could you take a look? Can you add a little high to and take a little bit out of the base, Pastor Elmer? We are so excited that you with your one church and Pastor Borong Brong is coming with seven churches for a total of eight. We want you to share the testimony of how God has used you in the Philippines and then why you're joining with Metro Praise. Let us know so we can hear your voice really clear so we can pray for you. Okay. Uh, thank you very much once again for the privilege that I'm uh, a part of the Metro Praise Revolution Fellowship Ministry. And I, 
I was uh, looking for the Bible materials for the discipleship because I have a discipleship training in my church, and I found the Metro Place has a program for discipleship programs. That's why I'm just uh, trying to connect last month of uh, November, but uh, I believe the devil was trying to to hold my message to Pastor Jew. That's why uh, I have contacted him. Uh, I think this is the month was uh, received his response. Uh, but I believe God is order. So as of now, in my ministry here in the Philippines, is, uh, I'm focusing for the Mandaya tribes in the Kumbal province. And I'm a church planter and I am a crusader and with my family. And uh, I thank the Lord for Pastor Jew that he has allowing me to, to connect with the Metro Praise. And I believe the Metro Praise will be uh, instruments with the Lord in our country to reach the hundreds people because my vision is in the vision of uh, Metro Praise. And I believe. Uh, uh, even some members of the Metropolis there in Chicago was known about my uh, my mission and vision. So uh, I believe uh, every one of you there will pray for our ministry. And I am... Uh, hey, Pastor, now... can you pause right there for a minute? So I want you to hear what he's saying. It's a little hard. It's Skype, and it's about, what is it, about one in the morning there. What time is it there right now, Pastor Elmer? Uh, this is uh, 2.45 in the morning. 2.45. Let's give it up for 2.45 for Jesus. Pastor uh, Elmer, I know time is short, and I think we've shared very good so far. Let me clarify. What he's saying is he found us online because our Bible study materials are for free. He then went through an interview process. He met with the other leaders, and he says he wants to join with us. His other pastor has seven churches, and now they are with us, and we will be traveling to them in August. So basically, you can take Chicago, take a globe, and just spin it one time around. That's what we'll be doing next year. We'll go from Chicago to Delhi to Vijayawada, back to Delhi, from Delhi to Kathmandu, back to Delhi, then to the Philippines, and then back home. And so we're going to leave over the East Coast and come back over the West Coast. Come on, somebody. I want you just to say to him in the mother language, bless him, and then pray for him today. Pastor Elmer K., a Bible college student from your country, your area, uh, is just going to bless you in your language and then pray for you. Amen? Amen, amen. Pastor, panalanginan mo ka sa ginawa niya. Mag-ampo, minimutanan. We, we salamat ka. Ayos sa kay. Asa ka sa nga tribe? Tribe? Uh, Naas ko yung uh, church there sa Panabo City. Oh, doon na ta. Nami sa, sa Mintal. So we're just ah. near. Yeah. So, mag-ampo, minimo. Oh, sige, salamat ka. Ayos. So we will pray. Okay. Um, magamputa pastor. Asigip pastor. Ah, ginoo. Ayem. Ginoo dalaygan ka sa walay katapusan. Ikaw ang Dios nga labaw sa tanan, ang tinubdan sa tanan. Ikaw nga ginoo nagatag kinabuhi. O ikaw nga ginoo nagatawag sa mung tanan. Ginoo, imon mingi dala sa dapit nga ikaw makagamit sa mga kinabuhi. God, I pray for yes, Pastor uh, Baring Baring to bless him, 
even yung yes. simbahan ginoo yung family mahimo silang blessing and a channel of blessing bisan yes. asa dapit ya sa Davao and they will break ano mga kulto din ha ginoo in Jesus name ginoo ito magamit niya magraise the leaders and the mitra praise will be used by you God ginoo tabangi siya og og magina maghiusa kami sa pagdayog paghimaya kanimo hangtod sa imong pagbalik yes. dalaygon ka Ginoo dalaygon ka sa katapusan God bless you pastor Amen. Thank you sister thank you Amen. Thank, thank you, you pastor We love you We I love want you, you too brother Amen thank you I want you all to hear my heart in the next few moments because I know time is getting away from us We have a responsibility in this nation to have a heart for the other nations Would you put up the slide for me, please? I want you to understand what's going around the world right now. You've heard from this pastor, and you saw the videos of me with these pastors. You saw me with Pastor Mitt. He was about up to my shoulder, very small man. I want you to remember the pictures of those pastors as we get ready to play this next video. But before I do, I want you to understand the number one people we need to be praying for right now are the unreached people groups. If you go to joshuaproject.net, it will show you those who have never heard the gospel and they're what is in what is known as the 1040 window, 10 latitude in latitude, uh, 40 north latitude, 10 north latitude. So it goes across the globe, and this is where they are. This means they're unreached. They have never heard the gospel one time. There's about a billion people on this planet right now who have never heard the name of Jesus or the gospel. Are you all listening to me? There is about 16,000 total people groups in the world. 6,951 have not heard the gospel one time. While you've heard it, your friends heard it, rejected it, and mocked it, there is 2.84 billion people have never heard it one time. We spent $40 billion last year in America on pet food and only $3 billion on missions. Do you believe, my friends, in a real heaven and hell? Do you care about these people in these parts of the world? Where they are located is in Africa, the Middle East, and in Asia. Just take a look at, as I name some of these countries to you. Algeria, Mali, Libya, Egypt, where our brother is from, Chad, Sudan, Ethiopia, moving into the Middle East, Iraq, Iran, Afghanistan. There are tribes and groups of people in the mountainous regions who have still never heard Jesus one time. Joshua project notes every single one of them those of you who are prayer warriors so familiarize yourself with this website click on it and you can begin to tap on the nations they'll list out the people groups of those who don't know the lord then moving on to southeast asia pakistan india bangladesh malaysia indonesia china 2.6 billion people have not heard the gospel of jesus christ one time get that in your mind right now They are being oppressed in northern Africa by Muslim regimes. In the Middle East, Muslim regimes. To the East, Hinduism and communism. You can also put the Philippines and other nations in there. They're in red because they are highly persecuted nations right now, especially in southern the Philippines where we are now helping this church go. I want you to watch this video that we are going to play. And I want God to be able to stir your heart towards what is going on in our country right now while we're not paying attention to what's going on around the world i want you to see what's happening in the nations around the world right here as we play this video and it will break your heart
This is from Orissa, India. Pastors just like the one we support. like the ones we support. Stop it. and Bible studies, materials like what we said. Oh, 
You can visit voiceofthemartyrs.com, persecution.com, and persecution.org. I'll take questions at the end of service. We don't have time right now. I need you to understand this. While you are trying to live out the American dream, these Christians are suffering for their faith. You and I have no idea what they're going through right now. Do you have any idea what's going on in Afghanistan? Because of that, what happened to our soldiers out there, our brother is from Egypt. He'll show you videos that will, will gross you out, what they did in Egypt as the extreme Muslims took over. Do you have any idea? There are underground brothers and sisters in our church right now from China who have been in jail from serving the Lord in China. They are sitting among you right now. My friends, Christianity is an oppressed religion around the world. Why did they do this to the Hind uh, why did they do this to the Christians in northern India? Is because the Hindus did not like them winning the nation of India to Christianity and they began to beat them. Those are live videos. That is the truth. Over a hundred thousand right now are dying. You have family members right here from the Philippines. They can tell you what is happening in the Muslim occupied area of their villages right now. It is happening among us and brothers and sisters are in this church that can share with you their testimonies. Our brother from Egypt, our brother and sister from China, our brothers and sisters from the Philippines. Do you think it's any coincidence that Metro Praise, as small as it is, has the representation that it does right now of the persecuted church? It is because I will stand up and shout aloud so the world can hear us. We support them, we stand by them, and we will send missionaries and supplies to them. Praise God, we will not give more to dog food than we do to them suffering in other nations. And we will send our soldiers there to liberate them in Jesus' name. But we cannot liberate every nation. I think about the story of David Livingston growing up as a young man. You see, let me just pause and say this. You see, it's a tragedy what's happened to our young people. They, they want to grow up and be basketball stars. You know that people never even got paid for this 100 years ago. YMCA developed basketball in a gym free for kids to play. We're only, what, on the 60th uh, Super Bowl? Even 60 years ago, nobody got paid to do this nonsense. We, we let our kids look up to these filthy rappers and filthy entertainers and filthy sports stars while Michigan missionaries used to be the heroes of back in the day in the 1800s in Europe the greatest thing you could do here in America or there was be a missionary Harvard sent out missionaries Princeton Yale Oberlin University Ivy League colleges sent out missionaries listen to me a young man named David Livingston grew up in Europe on his father's lap hearing stories of Africa he became a doctor so he could travel to the jungles and provide medicine for the people out there he arrived in Africa started preaching his wife got sick had to go back to Europe she died of the disease that she caught but he kept preaching in Africa he eventually lost his eye he was attacked by a tiger and lost part partial use of his limbs as an old man he would travel around on a cot and they would put him up for him to pray towards the end of his life he was tired and they said you need to go to bed he said let me pray for Africa they put him on his knees and said we'll come back and check on you David Livingston died in Africa praying there for the people they then took his body brought it to Europe and before they gave the body there for him to go back home and receive a hero burial they cut out his heart and they say we Africans have a tradition we take a man's heart a warrior and bury it where his treasure was upon this earth his body may belong to England but his heart belongs to Africa they took his heart back and buried it under the tree that he preached under the first message my question to you my friends where would they bury your heart today under your credit card under your house payment under the mall you see missionaries give their heart for Jesus if Jesus wouldn't have left heaven to come down to earth and missionaries 
carry your lost soul, you would be going to hell. And he's asking you to do the same. Are you tracking with me? A mother one time, she had two children. She sent both of these men out to be missionaries for the Lord Jesus Christ. The two unreached people group nations. They both died of martyrdom out there in the, the, the field of serving God. She received the news in church. She went to her knees. She began to weep and pray. The preacher came next to her and said, why are you crying? And she said, I've lost my sons on the mission field. And she said, oh, sister, we feel so bad for you. We'll pray for you. She said, I'm not praying that I lost lost my sons. I'm praying that I have no more to send so they can hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Two men of the greatest movement of the 1800s, the Moverian missionaries. One was a man with a family. Another was a businessman. They saw the slave trade go from England to the islands of the Caribbean to America. From America back to the islands of the Caribbean and then to Africa. And they said, we have to evangelize these Africans. We have to tell them about Jesus. They went to the slave trader and they said, we want to evangelize them. He said, I'm an atheist. I care not for God. You'll never preach the gospel on this boat. Both men went to their families. They kissed them goodbye. They went to the slave trader and they said, how much will you buy us for to become your slaves? He then gave them money. They gave it to their family and they sailed off on the ship as slaves, never to be seen again, to minister to those who never heard the gospel. As the boat was parting from the shore, they saw their families crying in the distance. This is what they shouted out and this was the theme of missions for a hundred years with the Movarians, they shouted out, may the lamb that was slain receive the reward of his suffering. If Jesus died for them, my life is worth it for them. It's time that we wake up in America. Stop making superstars out of sinners on their way to hell and start caring about the world. You can go to generousgiving.org and you can see every major problem in the world can be solved right now by Christian missionaries. Christian missionaries bring medical supplies. They put in the water wells. They teach the people education. They, they stop the violence. We have missionaries in Mozambique with over 5,000 churches and they stop the sectarian violence. People have never dwelled together, lived together now, and they serve God together. Missions is the hope for the world. Are you listening today? It is up to you what you're going to do. I want to give you five things before we leave out of here so you can say my pastor gave me something to do for that we can have a part in changing the world for Jesus. Number one, we have to pray. When was the last time you prayed for somebody other than your four and no more? Oh, God, just bless our family. Bless my house. Bless my job. Bless my American greed that makes you puke. When was the last time that we said to Jesus, bless me so I can be a blessing to somebody else? You see, I'm not talking about the Feed the Needy programs you see on TV. I'm talking about the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, there may be corruption in some of these charities, but I know these men personally. We have over a 100 pastors we support. And in India, when I go there, I ask them, how many of you have suffered? Pastor Amit has been beat, left for dead. Pastor Madhav has been beat, left for dead. They burned down Pastor Anil's house. I am telling you, I know them by face and name, and I've seen the scars on their bodies. Will you pray for them? Remember how you were taught as a kid, some of you growing up in a Christian family, before you would eat a meal, what would you say? God bless the less fortunate. 
God, I thank you for this meal, but be with those who don't have anything to eat. Was anybody ever taught something like that? Let me tell you, pray for our missionaries. I don't care if you can't pick every nation, if you can't remember all of them, but I would just encourage you at your meals, pray for the nations. And let me just tell you something. Let me just, I want everybody to look up at me because I'm your pastor. I'm going to tell you as a TI is, and if you don't like this church, there's 10 more down the road as backslidden going to hell like you. And you can tell them I told you that, and I'll tell the pastor that to the face. Are you listening? I want everybody to hear me today. When Jesus went to the church in the Bible, what did he do? Did he say, you guys are so good. The synagogue is so clean. I love you guys. The Bible says he saw thieves and robbers, people making money. He made a whip, and he got them out the house. And you know what he said? He said, this shall not be a den of thieves and robbers, but my father's house will be called a house of prayer for the nations. The churches of today, they're so involved in being greedy and being rich and sucking down all of their supplies for their obese desires. And it's time that this church gets that heart back to hell where it came from and make this church a church that believes in praying for the nations. And if you don't want to pray for the nations, we're praying for you because you're not going to heaven, my friends. If you, the Bible says if you don't love others, you can't, if you don't love others who you see, you cannot love a God you don't see. Number one, we have got to pray. You have got to get serious about praying for other people. God, I ask you to be with them today in northern India. You just pick a place. Number two, be filled with God's power. I'm not mad at you. I just want you to get passionate because God is wanting you to wake up. Second thing is be filled with God's power. There is no way we'll be able to do this in the natural you just don't show up there and start a few programs. Most of our missionaries' food in Mozambique and persecuted nation gets stolen by the Islamic terrorists and gets taken by the sectarian violence. We can't even get half of our food and supplies over there. We need the power of God. We need God to supernaturally save governmental leaders. You know that the son of the Palestinian leader of the PLO got saved, and right now he is going back to Palestine and all the people in America preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. We need the power of God to rock these nations. There's a book called Mosque and Miracles. There's stories of imams and, and mullahs and head leaders of Islamic uh, you know, uh, churches in uh, you know what they call mosques, and they see Jesus in visions and dreams. God, the devil's a liar. We need to see God speak to them through visions and dreams again. Right now in China, we need to pray for China. There's probably an estimate 100 million Christians meeting in underground churches right now in China. We need to pray to God that they will be safe and protected. There are friends of them that are in jail right now put into concentration camps because they won't renounce the name of Jesus. Put up Pastor Youssef for me right now. Pastor Youssef is right now in Iran, and he has been sentenced to death. It's all over the news. Some of you have already heard about it. He's been sentenced to death because he's a convert from Islam to Christianity. In a Muslim nation, if you convert from Islam to Christianity, it is the death penalty. I'm going to show you his picture right now. And with all the pressure that the media is giving to him right now, they are still putting him to death because of his faith right now. Has anybody seen his face on the news yet? Anybody heard about him? Come on, wake up, people. Pay attention. You all, you all watch the Grammys? You're going to watch the Oscars? Come on, watch this. Pastors right now, I want you just to look back. We're not going to embarrass you back there, uh, David, but I just want you to raise your hand if you know pastors that have been to jail or in jail right now. If I'm telling the truth, would you raise your hand? Right now, right now they're in jail. 
This man has been sentenced to die in Iran for one crime only. He converted to Christianity. And you know what they said? They said, okay, we'll let you get by with this Christian stuff. But all you got to do is just say Muhammad's a prophet. All you got to do is just say he's a prophet. And we'll still we'll, we'll let you out. You can keep your Bible, but you still got to say he's a prophet. He won't do it, and he's been sentenced to death. Persecution.org, persecution.com, voiceofthemartyrs.com. Look it up online and see it on Fox News or on your news channel right now. Thank you, sir. Number one, we got to pray. Number two, we got to be filled with God's power. And number three, we've got to go. We've got to do something about it, my friends. If Caroline, uh, if Christina, I'm sorry, can go on a mission trip, Christina, would you just stand up for us, please? It was like taking America's Next Top Model with us to, to India. Look at her. I mean, they're all about this big and really dark-skinned. They came, I mean, they literally bombarded her. Let's give it up for Christina. If she can do it, you can do it. She went on a mission trip. She loved on the people. Maybe you can't afford it, so you begin to pray for others to go, and then you go when you can. We're going to set up mission trips all over our place. We're in Nigeria, Pakistan, two places in India. We are in Nepal, and now we are in Pac uh, Philippines. Number four, we need to make disciples. If you can't be one, how are you going to tell them to be one? Start living for Jesus now, amen? Stop looking at pornography, gentlemen, and start loving your wives. Women, stop living for the material things of this world and start giving your life away for Jesus. Children, stop being taken in by the desires of the, the TV and by your friends and stand up and be counted for Jesus Christ. Be a disciple. Obey God's commands. And number five, you can give. Maybe you can't go on the mission trip, but you can give. I want to ask you, how much have you spent on fast food lately? You know how much we spent last year in America? $110 billion. Do you know how much it would cost? You know how much it would cost for us to go to every one of these nations with a missionary to the unreached people groups? Right now, the estimated cost is $1 billion. That means 1% of what Americans spend on fat food to be fat and obese. We could have sent missionaries to these unreached people groups will you spend more on missions than you do on fast food is what I'm asking you will you make a pledge to do something great for God would you give and I want you to hear this today in closing this is what we do we are the church of the Lord Jesus Christ he said to them all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me therefore go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. If you believe it, would you stand up with me and give God a hand clap today as the band comes. We bless you, Jesus. Thank you for staying a little bit later with me. I was in New Orleans the other day. A pastor was there of 5,000 people, and I was teaching a class. Pastor Watson of Celebration Church, 5,000 people, four campuses, multi-million dollar ministry. I was teaching a class, and I saw him in the second row. And that's a little intimidating, right? We've got about 250 people. He's got 5,000 people. And I taught, and at the end, I said, excuse me, I said, Pastor Watson, so, so good to see you here, sir. What brought you to the class today? And he said, your pastor, mine's Brother Anthony. He said, Brother Anthony was telling me about what you're doing. He said, I've never heard anything like that. He said, I want to get around you. Will you sit with me at the lunch? And can I ask you some questions? And he said, how did this happen? I said, well, I was trying to make discipleship materials. Can I have those quickly, please? Thank you. I was making discipleship materials off other people's, making copies. Thank you, sir. And uh, 
I wanted to photocopy them, and my friend's company, church company, had them. So I called up the company and I said, hey man, my church is new, seven years ago for us, we're seven years old now. I said, our people can't afford to keep buying the books, can I just photocopy these and hand them out? Christian, leader, business, no. Copywritten. So I told Pastor Watson, I said, they told me I couldn't copy their stuff. So I said, I've got myself an education. I'll make my own. So, made my own. And what was the first thing you bet I wanted to do? Give them away for free. So I put them online, and they're in PDF form in Telugu and different languages right now. And guess what? People start to come. People start to find out where they are. And then we say to them, the materials are yours. You got it. But if you want to join the revolution, let us know. And let me tell you how that started. Pastor Amit saw the materials, and he came to the website. First one from northern India. And he said, may I use it? And I said, yes, you may. How much would they cost? Absolutely free, and then we'll send them to you if you need them. But, we, you know, it's easier to print in their country than shipping big boxes of this, you know. So they print them out over there. And while he was reading through the book, chapter 12 says, this is how we're going to change the world. What you hear every week, connect, mentor, and send. What you see every week here is what attracts them to the website. So they come here, and he read this. He read this as you get it up there for me. He goes home and he reads this and he calls me back the next day and he says, can I, can I do this? Call myself Metro Praise, love God, love people, you know, you do it just the way you do it. I said, absolutely. He says, great, because I've already made the banner and I'm hanging it up over my church now. That's how it started. And I remember telling people that were my friends. You know, here we are, a little church at that time, maybe a hundred people. And, and I began telling them, man, God's given us nations. And I'll never forget what one of my Christian friends says. He said, oh, yeah, 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 they call me up all the time and ask me for help, but, you know, can't help everybody. And I said, well, yeah, I said I would help them. Oh, yeah, yeah, well, they're just desperate over there. They just, they just need help, you know, they just want some money. And I went back to my dad, and I was so discouraged. I said, I have given my life for this, and these people feel so special. I hadn't traveled over there yet. I've been there three times now. They are who they say they are. This is not some Ethiopian thing. You get a million dollars, send them a thousand first. It's not an Internet scam. I've been there been there with them three times now you've seen them christina my wife others so i talked to my dad i said i feel so discouraged now maybe maybe they just do this with everybody they're desperate i get it and this is what my dad said they may do it with everybody but there's somebody that wants to do it with them now and he says god's using you to do it with them because these pastors do reach out to american churches and american churches don't want to help because they're so busy buying their new car, putting in their new flat screen, or buying all the stuff for their church and their children's ministry that they don't want to help. And that's why I said to Pastor Watts, I said, you want to know how it was? Nobody gave us discipleship materials. I made it and gave it away for free. And then when it came to a pastor, I took him at his word. You want to use it? You want to do it? We went over there. He had seven churches. You know how many Pastor Mitt has now? Has over 60 churches in Vijayawada. Seven times what he had before we came over and started working with him. All glory to God. Let's pray now. Thank you. Father, we bless you today. Altar workers, would you come quickly as we get ready to dismiss. Father, we thank you for the privilege of this church of helping the nations. God, help our hearts to be soft for them. Would you take 30 seconds right now to pray for the nations? Just think of a nation and just say, God bless them. It matters, my friends. It matters. Come on, pray for them right now just before we go. Lord, bless these nations. 
some of the ones we've mentioned today, the Philippines. Bless them, Lord. Give them financial blessing. Give them protection. Egypt. Stop the Muslim militants from raising up, oh God. Oh Lord, raise up leaders, God, in India. A lot of Christians are running for government office. God, raise them up. Protect them, Jesus. Lord, we pray for China, that wonderful nation of over a billion people. We pray you protect our pastors who are in jail, those that serve you, God. Provide for their families, Lord. Jesus, we lift up Nepal to you today, the hungry, the hurting. We lift up Pakistan. Lift up Nigeria, the African nations. Sudan, Somalia. Come on, saints, 15 seconds. Come on, am I pressing you too hard today? Am I pressing you too hard? Come on, I'm just asking for 15 more seconds for you to do something for somebody else today. Come on, Golden Corral ain't going anywhere, friends. Come on, 15 more seconds for Jesus, for nations, for souls, for hurting people today. That's why we come. Maybe this message didn't touch you. Come next week. We'll talk about you and your problems, your hurts. But I'm talking about the nation's problems and hurts today. Jesus, help us, help us, help us to help them. Help us to give more, to do more. Every one of our pastors is asking for more materials than we have money to buy. All of them are asking for new facilities because they have villages that need church facilities. All of them have so much need. Help us to help them, God. Help us. Start in me. Start in me, God. And now we're going to close in prayer. And I want everyone to hear my prayer as I close. If you're here today, and if you're hurting, and if you feel lonely, and you're not right, or God is talking to you about things, would you come today? We want to treat you as special as we would treat them from another country. We love you. And if there's issues in your marriage, in your family, or just you want a prayer today from somebody who will love you and not judge you, before you go, that's why these altar workers will be here. Before you go, would you let us pray for you? Because we love you too. It was just a day we had to talk about them today. It was their day. But if you need it, we're here for you. Because all of us need prayer from time to time. Come on. Jesus, as we get ready to dismiss, would you bless us? Would no one walk out of here feeling condemned, but rather feel challenged? And help us as a church to do more than we've ever done. In Jesus' name, can everybody say amen? Amen. Can we bless the Lord for a great service today? Come on, slap your neighbor high five and say change the world. God bless you this week. You're dismissed. If you need prayer, come up. And if not, we'll see you at life groups. God bless you. Thank you.